Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and please introduce yourself in the chat or on social media. Today, we are talking about the psychology of hate. And for this to not be a one-sided or a one-time conversation, then please remember to always leave your thoughts or questions in the comments section below. Now, hate is becoming a more common occurrence in our country, more common than coffee on the corner. You can see it anywhere and hear it all the time. In fact, some people even wear hate as a badge of honor or prestige and say, I have haters. Well, hate can range from anything from mild to extreme, and it can be the cause of anything from just basic vandalism to mass murder or genocide. And hate is more than just being mean to someone. You might say, oh, they're being mean. They're hating on me. Well, no, there's a completely different a difference in someone just hating versus being mean. The main goal of being mean is just being mean and being unkind. Whereas when you have a goal of hating someone, the main goal of hate is to completely destroy and eliminate that person in one form of another. This can be desires and attempts to destroy them physically, socially, or symbolically. In hate studies, looking at the psychology of hate, the person who does the hating is called the person who hates and the person who is the recipient of that hate is called the hate target. Now only humans can experience hate and the person who experiences hate does so because of psychological influences. So let's define hate. In the field of psychology, hate does not have just one definition. It's more than one emotion. It's more than one or two behaviors. It goes beyond a single person-to-person -person interaction, and it can be one person against a whole group, two groups against each other, or one society as a whole against one particular group in that country or in that society. But what is commonly understood, however, is that hate is an intense feeling, an intense behavioral reaction, an intense belief, or a combination of any of these that causes individuals to experience a consuming, negative, emotional state and an extremely strong dislike or disgust toward another person or group. Now, some people may talk about self-hate, so let's get into what self-hate is. When you self-hate, and that's when you have an intense dislike of yourself with an internalized disgust and a deep sense of worthlessness. Self-hate is usually developed in response to a childhood trauma, your own adult beliefs about being perfect or perfectionism, or even just having very low self-esteem. And in most cases, the person is aware of their self-hatred. We also have a judicial view of what hate is. In the judicial system, the definition of hate is more simple. Hate is defined in terms of a motivation or a bias to commit a crime, and those behaviors are called hate crimes. A hate crime is a criminal offense against a person or property that is motivated by a person's bias against a race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or gender. So when you add all these together in both psychology and in the judicial system, hate is an intensely negative action, thought, or feeling that is the foundation for wanting to destroy or eliminate someone or a group. Now, when it comes to hate, there are two roles that are involved, just to remind you. One, the person who hates, 
and to the person or the group who is hated, again, the hate target. The most common hate actions of a person who hates include humiliation and demeaning their hate target. And with social media nowadays, then that goal of hate expands to the behavior or the concept of quote unquote canceling that person. Hate can begin from a single relationship or experience or multiple experiences. You can hate someone without even knowing them and hate can also be taught. Hate can also be encouraged by the group that you belong to or that you want to belong to and you engage in actions of hate so that you can be accepted or valued by that group. Hate can also grow from a stereotype or prejudice that you have against a particular group and you could even hate someone or they can hate you without even knowing you. You may not have ever even met, but yet they may have real hate against you. But in short, you can also just hate a person only because they have or they represent characteristics that a member of a group has that they don't like. And those characteristics can be their group's identity, their power, values, or their group's past behaviors. For example, one person may not like Germans. They may hate Germans for what they did during World War II, even though they don't even know anyone who was a German World War II soldier, nor even knowing anyone who's even German. But they may just still hate Germans because of they associate World War II atrocities with all Germans. Another example is some people may hate homosexuals and lesbians, even though they don't even know such a person. And actually, when you look at the FBI's hate crimes report, you can see that homosexual males have consistently been one of the highest hated target groups in our country every year since 1996. And this is the highest percentage of hate crimes related to sexuality. And these are against homosexual men. And this just shows you that there is a lot of hate and the majority of hate goes against a particular group or anyone who appears to belong to a group that a person does not like or has extreme disgust for. Now, I did have a listener who did mention having more links. So I will include the FBI link to this report and other research links in our YouTube description for this episode. So please be sure to look at those and I will begin including the research links as much as possible on all the episode descriptions. So back to our conversation. So just because someone is hated, it does not mean that the reason they are being hated is a valid reason. And it does not mean that they are worthy of any hate-worthy action about them or against them. What it really means is that hate is more of a reflection of the person who is doing the hate rather than the person who is the recipient or the target of hate. The person who hates has such an intensely negative thought, an intense reaction, or an intense feeling because of their own underlying insecurities, and they're unconsciously feeling threatened by their hate target. So unconscious means that a person is unaware of the existence of something. So in the person who hates, Whenever he or she sees their hate target, what they actually see is something that they hate within themselves. And it is their unconscious self-hate that is triggered by the hate target. So let's go back to the meaning of self-hate. In self-hate, the person is aware of a deep sense of disgust toward themselves 
an intense dislike of self, and a deep sense of worthlessness. When you add that together with the motivation for hate being to destroy or eliminate the hate target, this uh, this helps us to understand why persons who have self-hate unfortunately end up committing suicide because they are attempting to eliminate themselves, attempting to eliminate the extreme disgust and sense of worthlessness that they're feeling. But whenever self-hate is repressed, then the person who hates is not aware of their self-hatred. And repressed means to unconsciously forget or block your unwanted thoughts, feelings, or desires. So this means that when a person who has self-hate, whenever they have repressed feelings of self-hatred, they are unaware of this discomfort being from an internal original source. So they then attempt to attempt to project onto others that this must be coming from them because I know it can't be me. And this is a psychological defense that they have used to protect themselves unconsciously toward this self-hate. Think of the psychological theory of projection from our forefather of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud. So projection is like a movie theater where like a movie screen, think of the screen, the person who hates will then psychologically project onto the hate target their own emotions and unwanted or self-hated parts of themselves, just as you would project onto a movie screen the film that you are seeing. So they project the intense disgust that they feel within themselves. They project this outside of themselves and onto another person or group that is different from them. For example, if I hate that I don't have something that I really want, or maybe I hate that I have something that I don't want, such as low self-esteem. So whenever I see someone with what I want, in this case, we'll talk about high self-esteem or high self-confidence, then what I will do is I will project the thoughts that I don't want to think about myself or that I don't want to believe about myself, I'll then project those thoughts onto the other person. And then I will then hate the other person for having this self-confidence. And I might even use negative words or labels to humiliate them or even be very extreme in my judgments and thoughts about them. Then just even hearing their name may cause me to like be upset and, you know, seething with anger. Now, there are exceptions to this kind of reaction hate. So in the cases where hate is taught, it's the willingness to engage in the actions of hate to avoid the rejection from the group that you want to belong to. So again, in every situation, the hate is a projection onto another person or another group because they have something that you don't have or they have something that reminds you of what you don't have. And it also shows you that because of this rejection that you are experiencing internally is then going back to our basic need of love. And so in the actions of, or in the incidents of when hate is being taught, then it's because you have a basic need for love and acceptance. And so you go along with that because underneath it all, you have a fear of rejection. So if the person you love tells you or teaches you to hate a group of people, then you're going to do it. If there's a group that you are seeking love, affirmation, or acceptance from, then you're going to willingly act on the hate, and then you will then internalize these hate-based beliefs 
so that you can then have your greater need, which is love and acceptance. You can also agree with and believe in the need to eliminate this targeted other person or targeted group because underneath it all, what you really want is to eliminate the possibility of you yourself being eliminated or rejected from that group. group. So in either scenario, whether you develop hate on your own or you were taught to hate, it's the experience of hate that comes from an insecurity, a fear, or a deficit within the person who hates and has nothing to do with the person who is being hated, which of course, as a psychologist, it is a twisted kind of beautiful because it just shows you the will of the human mind and the human will to survive. If you think about self-hate, then self-hate leads to depression, which can then lead to suicide. And in external hate, it's a projected outside of the person. So with this external hate, it's the mind's way of helping the person to avoid an intense psychological distress and a way to avoid killing themselves. So I definitely, obviously, I don't agree with hate, but it is, you know, scientifically beautiful to see that the mind will do almost anything it can for it to live and for you to not die. And just because I am speaking about suicide, if there is anyone who is listening, who is in a dark place, or you're feeling like self-hate or despair, then I definitely encourage you to talk to someone today, someone who is kind, someone who will listen to you, and someone who will affirm that you are worthy of love and you're worthy of all that's good in this life. Please try to do that today. Um, When you look at self-hate, let's remember that self-hate is not always based on truth. When you examine self-hate, it is rarely based off of anything that is 100% accurate. So when you project this hate onto others, then what you are projecting is a lie that you have believed about yourself, that you fear about yourself, or a lie that you are believing about another person or another group of people. So again, back to anyone who may be listening and experiencing despair or a dark place, or anyone who at this moment who may also be healthy. Is there a lie that you have believed about yourself? Think about that. And if there is a lie, how can you unseat that lie and then replace it with truth? So self-hate can be created from being told something is wrong with you. This could be a parent, lover, social media images, or cultural expectations. It could also come from your own negative self-comparison with other people or from someone else negatively comparing you with another person. Or it could come from your own distorted expectations of yourself or your life. Now, the difference between self-hate and projected hate is that self-hate can be healed when the truth about you is explained and you believe it. But outward hate or the projected hate is never healed. Now, it can be reassuring. Outward hate can be self-protective, but it's a distraction and it's not a healing. This is the type of hate that results in actions toward another person because you believe that once a person is eliminated, destroyed, humiliated, or completely rejected, you're thinking that, okay, well, I'll feel better once they're gone. 
or I'll feel better once they're no longer a threat. And even if you succeed in physically killing or murdering the person, therefore you're eliminating that person, that does not and cannot address the true source of the disgust or the true target of hate. Because in actuality, you really hate you. But because your mind is repressing this awareness, you're targeting the wrong problem and you're choosing innocent targets and you focus your pain outward instead of looking internally. That's why with this outward hate or the projected hate, that it only causes more hate because hate can consume the person who is hating because outward actions of hate will never bring full or complete healing or satisfaction. It's like when you use drugs to medicate, for example. So the first you know, time you may use drugs, you might have this great you know, big high and a sense of euphoria, but it doesn't heal the reason of why you turn toward the drugs in the first place. And so then you just keep on using more and more drugs, trying to get higher and higher, hoping for a distraction or a feeling that will last, but it doesn't. Similarly, when a person who hates cannot get the relief or a full release from their repressed self-hate, then it's their intensity of their hate actions toward their hate target that's only going to continue and get more and more intense. Now, we have a lot happening right now in the in the news. This is October 2022 with celebrities making hateful comments about other races or groups of people. I actually was interviewed yesterday with USA Today about hate, so I'll include that link in there as well. But socially, we're seeing an increase again in hate and the increased encouragement and popularity of hate. So socially, whenever the intensity of hate grows, it grows even stronger when a person realizes that their actions against their hate target are not working. When they realize that even if they are have murdered their hate target or were successful in canceling them and financially ruining them, that even with this, they still feel a unconscious disgust and deep insecurity. And whenever they see that this person is not going away, that their hate target is not being eliminated, then this only causes a sense of helplessness that they're experiencing inside themselves. And so they begin to see this target, this hate target as now, not only is it something that they have a disgust for and have an extreme intense reaction to, but now they're seeing this hate target as a threat, a threat to their survival and a threat to their existence. And they may feel such an intense threat that they then will compromise what they believe in or their own identity. They may tell lies, um, create and spread false information or do anything to come against the individual in a way to destroy them, even if that means trying to physically kill them or to financially ruin them. And this might even conjure up images in politics because this is the psychological component that gives birth to hate in politics. For example, you can have one political party that's completely against another political party only because that political party feels threatened. They feel very vulnerable to losing their power and their influence. And therefore, they may as one or as a group of higher level individuals in that group decide to have a strategy to create lies or false information, even video footage, that is tampered with 
to create such a story or such a narrative with the goal of eliminating and destroying the other political party because they see them as their threat. And so when you operate from this standpoint of whether it's personal or political, the main goal underlying hate, acts of hate and words of hate is because you feel threatened. And that trigger is from the hate target who somehow brings up the unconscious feelings about yourself of inadequacy, of deficiency, or even your own self-doubts of your ability to be safe. And they trigger those weaknesses and thoughts within you. And that's why you act with such an intense reaction of hate because you are fighting for your survival and you do want to exist. So where do we go from here? Because if you have hate, the only way to increase hate is to respond with hate. So let's not do that. Whenever you have hate responding to hate that only highlights your own repressed self-hate and it just attracts others who also have a perceived threat to their existence and their own experience of being vulnerable and feeling insecure. This then creates a group think or a group behavior. And then now it's not just the individual insecurities, but now it's the power dynamics of the group that are working together to maintain this sense of insecurity and this desperate need to bring down and destroy another individual or another group because they're being seen and being communicated as a very real threat to your own existence. You can resist hate on a personal level. Whenever you start to feel angry just by seeing a person, recognize that as a trigger. Even if you don't know them, then they're triggering something within you That's a strong clue that you may have your own insecurities. And if this is the case, then that's understandable. But just be brave enough to confront those parts about yourself that make you feel vulnerable, insignificant, or fearful. And identify any lies that you have believed about yourself and replace those lies with truth, either through professional help, self-help books, or from real experts, obviously, or just by taking the time to just really examine, well, why do I think this way about myself? Why do I have this self-rejection about this particular area or about my whole sense of self? And how can I replace that with the truth about who I really am? So start off on that level for an individual. Now, if you are in a group level involved in a group hate or a group that is fueled by hate, then you can ask yourself, well, what is it that attracts me to this group? And am I compromising myself by being a member of this group? Think about that as a way to recognize, do you want to continue engaging or perpetuating hate? And if you're not sure either way, whether it's on a personal level of hate or a group level of hate, then what you can do is just ask these questions or answer these questions. Do you have a strong dislike for one or more characteristics of another group or another person? And then with that piggyback, then is this dislike so strong that you are aggressive in your words or your actions against anyone who resembles that group or resembles that person? Even if you've never actually met the person that you are so disgusted by in real life. And the third question is, are you so confident in your conclusions or feelings toward another person or a group? that is your hate target, that you feel justified, that you feel there is no hope for change for the other person or group, 
that you are willing to stand by what you believe in and unwilling to negotiate, compromise, apologize, or even listen to the other person or group? And last, do you have a strong desire to destroy or eliminate that other person or group? So if you answered yes to any of these, it is an indication that bigger than you having a feeling of hate toward another person, there is an underlying unconscious experience of self-hate either for one part of yourself, one part of your being, or your whole person that I really encourage you to look into. And I also really wanted to talk about the psychology of hate today because it's becoming, like I said, so common and even encouraged in our society. And it's the one, one of the main reasons of why our country is more divided than united. But I believe in the greatness of humanity and I believe obviously in science. And with truth, we can expose the lies that we are believing about ourselves that are making us act out in hate, but continue to keep us unhealed as individuals and our society. And with psychology, we can now understand how hate develops and we can now make conscious decisions to destroy and eliminate the acts of hate rather than making hate go viral. So if you listen to the end, I really appreciate it. My voice is tired, so I hope I didn't sound too too tired on here and too groggy, but I really appreciate you listening. And that does end our time for today, but remember to please continue this conversation and to do so using science and love. And if you run too fast,